Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. My God, what a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. I was just reflecting and looking back on uh, my last podcast, and it has been almost a month. (laughs) Time will get away from you, but God sent me here to encourage somebody. Encourage somebody. I humbly come before you asking that God will use me, use me to touch you where there is a need as an instrument, as the mouthpiece of Christ Jesus. I come here to encourage you to live well and in abundance for God has given us the victory. Amen. All right. So we're going to get started. As I mentioned, it has been a month since I have been before you. Time has gotten away from me. I've been inundated and busy and and just away from my assignment. But I take very seriously the call that God has placed on my life. This is why I am before you on today. I just want to encourage somebody. My God, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty, mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth shall adore him. What a mighty God we serve. God sent me here this morning to let you know without a doubt that you have the victory. He has given us the victory and there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can change it. No angel in heaven, no demon on his way headed straight to hell, nor man on earth that can change the destiny that God has for us. Look at this. Not even you, (laughs) not even you can change God's mind concerning you. For he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of good and not evil to give you an expected end. God is looking for a yes. He is looking for a yes. God is looking for us to surrender and yield our will to his, to his purpose, his plan, and his call on our lives. It is time. It is time. It is time for us to turn from our wicked ways, to seek his face. Ah, Oh, my God. He wants us to seek his face, seek his ways, seek his commandments, seek his principles, that we may live a life that is pleasing unto him. On this day, I believe that it is September 12th. 2022. And this morning, my God, we are the day after the anniversary of of, um, 9-11, when uh, allegedly or supposedly and even documented as fact, terrorists came into the United States and uh, inflicted one of the most horrific horrific uh, acts of crime against the citizens in the U.S. They hit our largest towers. 
They hit our largest towers with airplanes and killed many people. And that wasn't the end of it. The people who were in the area and proximity, although they did not die that day, there were many who were um, impacted by um, chemicals and other things that caused long-term impact on their health, negative impacts on their health, and some even died from cancer and those things. But my God, it was a day that we remembered that tragedy, and we decided as a people that we will persevere above and beyond what the enemy meant to do. We would take the victory. We would take the victory. So all across the nation, all across the nation in different pockets, we saw that people were uh, coming together, memorializing those who had lost their lives uh, and also acknowledging the victory of the United States and uh, to, to come back, to snap back and to persevere. My husband and I uh, got up early yesterday morning. Uh, I, I purchased me an electronic bike and took it to um, the store, Dick's uh, Sporting's Good, to get it assembled. And so supposedly <clears throat> they had it uh, available for pickup. And so we were headed to go pick it up. And we happened to notice as we started going past uh, the municipal building and, and where our local police are, uh, we saw that they were all assembled. They were all assembled. There were miles and miles of cars uh, assembled preparing for the parade uh, that they were about to um engage in. And so we looked and we noticed uh, that there were people with their pride and they had their American flags and and they had some of their vehicles were combat vehicles. You could tell they were camouflaged and you had some vehicles that that were on display. They had their hoods up uh, so that they could display their vehicles. And then we got a little further up and we saw patches of people, patches of people there to support and, and to cheer on and to celebrate and to cheer and 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 things of of the like and so it got me to pondering it got me to pondering my god my god having suffered so much and being impacted i don't think that there was one person in uh the united states who did not uh, feel the impact of that day. I remember I was I was working a job and uh, the company I was working at at the time they happened to have uh, the television uh, access and and uh, the, we were watching the news and nobody knew what was happening. Nobody knew what was going on. And my God, as we saw the first plane hit, you know, of course we didn't realize that we were under attack. And as we saw the second plane, we knew that something was happening. And all of those people jumping, I mean, the, the news, because they didn't know what was happening, they didn't have a, a chance or opportunity to clean it up. But you had people jumping from, uh, you know, high uh, towers and, and things like that. And it was, it was a horrific sight. It was a horrific sight. But looking back on that time, 
Looking back on that time, 11 years later, we realized that God brought us through. And it was by the grace of God that we are able to reflect back and to see his hand even in the midst of that evil. It brought our country together. It brought our nation together. It brought people who were of who were not of like mind, people who have opposing views on many, many different things to come together as one. One of the things that we do well in this country is when we find ourselves under enemy attack, oh, we're going to come together. <laughs> we're going to come together. You can have one who has uh, been... On one side of the spectrum, you know, the left and the right, they come together for uh, a a uniform bipartisan cause. And and it just made me reflect on just the human nature, the human nature. And another thing that happened uh, over the weekend, uh, we lost the life of the Queen of England. We lost the life of the Queen of England, who had served for over 70 years in their monarchy. Uh, She had served as queen for over 70 years. Can you believe that? She was at or around 25 years old. And when I think of myself at 25, my God, I think I was the mother of four of my five children uh, at the time. And uh, I, I, I was not ready or prepared by any means to take over a kingdom or such a responsibility. And the reality is uh, taking that role or taking that place as a leader becomes bittersweet because you can only take on that position if someone that is seemingly close to you loses their life until they come to the end of their earthly experience, you would not claim the crown. And so as these things were, these events were taking place, it made me just reflect on my own loss of my mother. And my heart went out to Uh, Prince Charles, as he was uh, preparing to proclaim his his right as king after the loss of his mother. And I saw a moment snapped and captured of him uh, following the announcement of his mother's death. And I saw a look of despair. I saw a look of of sadness that I could now relate to, right? Um, Just knowing that he lost his mother. And now he has to put on a brave face and come and, 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 and take on leadership of, uh, the United Kingdom. And so my heart went out to them, uh, but there has been a lot of controversy around uh, the Queen's death because of the place and the position that the United Kingdom has taken throughout the world in colonizing many of the sections of the world that they felt that they could benefit from. 
and the mistreatment, abuse, and misuse of their people uh, extending still to this day. Uh, There are those who are under the dependence of the United Kingdom who have not gained their independence, such as the United States has. And they have experienced some uh, um, uh, generational uh, constraints and and control and and, 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 uh, my tongue is twisted because I'm trying not to say slavery, right? But they are... They are treated as indentured servants, right? Servants to the kingdom uh, of, of the United Kingdom. So, you know, many of them and, and a lot of them look like us, look like us. And when I say us, I mean those who look like me, African-American, black, dark skin, you know, people who have been mistreated through the generations. And so now with the loss of the king, I mean, of the queen, There are some who are unsympathetic uh, to that loss and and they're bringing to the world's remembrance and to their uh, uh, unveiling uh, to the surface that, hey, we're still here. Not only are we being misused and abused, we don't share the same sentiment as many of you uh, with the passing of the queen. We acknowledge that not only should this be a time for a new era, it should be a time to eliminate this monarchy uh, that that exists uh, in the world. There is no place for it. And so they are standing up for their right for their rights and, and being reprimanded, uh, reprimanded, reprimanded, what's going on with my tongue? <laughs> being reprimanded for uh, their time, their, their, the, the time that they chose to, to execute or, or to share their opinion. How dare this world, right? Uh, but anyway, so those are a couple of things that happened over the weekend. It just had me reflecting, my God, and, and just pondering the love of God that he has for his people, that he has for his people. And it led me to the realization that good, bad, or indifferent, God has our back. We can depend on him no matter what the situation or the circumstance is. God is here for us and he will ensure the, the best for our outcome, no matter what we face, we have to know and understand and have the faith to believe that all things work up together for the good of those who love the Lord. And because of that, God is working things out on our behalf. We may not see it. We may not understand it, but God is working it out for our good. Listen, As you go through the trials and tribulations of this world and of this life, I want you to remember Jeremiah 29 and 11 that says, For God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us, thoughts of good and not evil, to give us an expected end. God is coming to give us an expected end. He wants us to know that our story will not end in um being triumphed over, but we will triumph over the enemy. 
Our enemies will not triumph over us. They will not have victory over us. For God has given us a way out. He has given us a way out. He tells us that he is there for us. And no matter what the enemy attempts to do, God will be there for you. He will be there for me. And he will not allow the enemy to make our living in vain. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 48, it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Many of us feel like no matter what we do, no matter how much effort we put into a situation, that our labor is in vain. We're just working towards, I remember an analogy of working like an elephant, but yielding the uh, output or the, 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 the um, harvest of an ant. And so people would say that a lot of times, and I used to take it a different way until I understood what the ant gets. <laughs> I'm telling you, the elephant may have some strength that the ant may not have physically, but baby, I'm telling you, the ant works. The ant works. Uh, but anyway, the analogy was meant to show the abundance of strength and how you work tirelessly, but you only get a minor portion of the return of your investment into whatever it is that you're doing. But God sent me here to tell you that your harvest is coming. That what you have sown has not been sown in vain. Many of us sow our time. We, we sow our emotions. We sow our empathy, our heart, our compassion towards others. God said that your labor is not in vain. Your harvest time is coming. You will reap the rewards of your efforts. We don't know the day nor the hour of the return of our Christ, our Lord, our Savior. We don't know the day or the hour that God is going to call us up out of here. But I come here by way of the Holy Spirit to announce to you that your latter days shall be greater. That we are a, a children, we are a people, we are a chosen group of people that God has set aside for his purpose. And we sit under an open heaven and serve a loving God who will be faithful to answer your prayers. Get into his presence. Get into his presence. Ask God to help you to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, even when it feels like your effort will not yield any type of reward. No longer allow yourself to do things to try to please man, but do everything pleasing the Father who sent you on his behalf. Don't look to the left, to the right, 
up or down. Look forward in your present time. Don't look back. Do not look back. Take every second by second, every moment by moment, every minute, every hour, every day. Don't think of the things that happened in the past, nor what can happen in the future. Ask God to give you the strength that you need for now. I'm telling you, God is building your success around you. He is cultivating you. He is curating the plan that he has placed in you. He is making a way out of no way. Trust and believe that if you walk in obedience to his will, if you surrender your will and allow God's will to be done in your life, he will prepare you for what is to come. Now, we understand and acknowledge that trials and tribulations will come upon us. That we are constantly in war. We are constantly in warfare. So I'm not sent here to deceive you to believe that everything is going to be colored by rosy colored glasses. And that you're going to be tiptoeing through the tulips. We are here. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We have to put on the full armor of God. We have to know that this world was set up in such a way that sin has crept in. And that sin has corrupted the heart of many. There's so much evil in the land. There are so many who are turned away from God and his principles and precepts. But we, his chosen, the remnant within the remnant, those who are determined to live a life that is pleasing to him. Those of us who say, my God, we love you. And we desire to know you through the parting of our sins. We want to know you. We want to serve you. We want to be who you're calling for in these lasting evil days. For those of you who are like me, God sent me to tell you that the victory is yours. You are not defeated. Never have you ever been defeated. Your mind has conditioned you to believe that because you are in the place or space that you are in, that you have been defeated. But God sent me here today to say, rise up, take the scales, knock the scales off of your eyes and hear me in the spirit. You are the victor. You have been victorious even from the beginning of time through the end because you reflect who I am. You are beautifully and wonderfully made in my image. And I created you to soar. I created you to win. I created you to be who I have called you to be in these last and evil days. To excel in everything that I allow you to do. God sent me here today. 
to declare and to decree from the true king of kings, my God, Lord of lords. Yes, we had a queen that lost her life. We had a king who was erected in her stead, but God said, I still reign on high. I am still the king of kings and Lord of lords, and there is none above me, and I am the ruler of all things and all control is in my hands. And because of that, my son, my daughter, you have the victory. I have anointed you and appointed you to succeed in everything that you set out to do. While you are in this world, you are not of this world. And I declare today, that you will walk upright, righteous, and holy in my sight. And as a result, you will take reign and victory over every situation and circumstance that comes your way. There should be nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. I have called you to victory. This day I call forth my children to arise, to arise, wake up from your slumber, come into my presence, ask me what you will, whatever it is that you stand in need of, ask and it shall be given unto you. God sent me here today to encourage somebody to trust God. Trust God even in the midst of your sorrow. Trust God even in the midst of your valley experience. God said I came to give you life and that more abundant. I will never leave you nor shall I ever forsake you. For it is in my perfect will that you succeed, my daughter, that you succeed, my son, that you walk in the call that I have placed on your life, not for your name's sake, but for my name's sake, the covenant that I have decreed with myself. You are the victor. You shall excel. Receive on this day the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of you, knowing that no weapon that has been formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, it shall be condemned. Know this, my son. Know this, my daughter. That the power that rests in you is greater than that that came before. That I have given you the mantle of authority to call those things that be not as though they are. I have given you the power and the authority of the blood that was shed on Calvary on your behalf. Power to live right. Power to talk right. Power to walk right. Power to draw those to God through his loving kindness. I have appointed you on this day, in this hour, to exact my will throughout the world, to employ my Holy Spirit, to continue to give you the strength that you need to do what you know that you know that you know that I have called you to do. No longer do you have to be bound by sin. No longer do you have to be bound by fear. For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I have given you love, 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 for I am love. 
The very essence of my being is love. Tap into the vine. <laughs> For I am an extension of God's voice. And this morning he wants you to know that I love you. And love covers a multitude of sins. Lead with love. Let it be your greatest weapon. Love, 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 love like I love. <laughs> My God. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. God said, your living is not in vain. Your work is not in vain. Your way is not in vain. Continue to walk upright, holy and righteous, doing what is right in my sight. I will give you the power that you need to succeed. I know you think nobody has seen the things that you have done. I know that you think that they don't understand the love that you have for them as you continue to sacrifice day after day after day. Listen to me. I I, I want somebody to hear me and to hear me clearly that the stresses of this world, see, we don't have to live like the world lives. But as a reality, we are humans I heard somebody say one time, we are spiritual beings going through a human experience, but that flesh does exist. And in the flesh, there are some stresses that will shut down certain parts of our mind. When you find yourself forgetting things, when you find yourself not able to retain information, go back to the level of stress. God did not intend for you to stretch your mind, to stretch yourself out of your mind. You hear what I said? He did not intend for you to stress yourself out of your mind. You are out of your mind when soundness of mind flees from you. When your thoughts begin to flee, your memory begins to fade. Now listen, there are some things. Listen, I want you to hear me discern in the spirit what I'm saying to you. Let's divide it because two things can be true at the same time. There are some of us that as we grow older, our mind begins to decline. I'm not talking about the physical aspects of certain things that are degenerative in your mind. Although if you are dealing with that, let's go before the Lord so that he gives us a plan to regenerate and rejuvenate that mind. But what I'm talking about is the spiritual warfare that is occurring in your life that is compounding you with numerous uh, activities of stress because of the demonic warfare that is causing your thoughts to flee you, that is causing your mind to not be able to think, to articulate thought, and to have your mind crisp and clear. This is not God's will for your life, but I'm coming here to tell you it's rooted in stress. It's rooted in stress. One of the biggest misnomers throughout the Christian community is the statement that a lot of people make and subscribe to that God would not put more on you than that which you can bear. That's not true. 
That is not true. God will put more on you. If you don't believe me, you better ask the children of Israel. He put a lot on them, much more than what they can bear because God wanted to drive them to a place of dependence on him. He won't put more on you than that which he can bear, but he'll put a lot on you that you can't bear because he is our strength and our worst areas of weakness. But we put more on ourselves than God intended for us to bear. And when we do that, we see we find ourselves in a place, in a space where it is impacting our minds. Our brains turn into mush. Because we are, we are just taking on more and, 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 and the wires are being crossed in our brains and everything gets all jacked up and discombobulated and, and we get all miswired. But God sent me here today to tell you, get into his presence. Get into his presence and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and give you discernment as to what God wants you to carry. Not everything is meant for you to carry. Not everything is meant for you to carry and ask God to give you the strength to succeed. Whatever the assignment is, I don't care what it is, some things God is saying, cut it off. It's enough, you've done enough. You've done enough. (laughs) I started, ooh, Jesus, let me share this with you. I started a few months ago, uh, my husband and I and, and my sister and my brother, we all got together and we said we were going to start uh, riding our bikes. And here I am, you know, when I was a kid, I I, I was a late bike rider. I, I remember I probably was about in the fourth grade when my dad took me out and trained me on how to ride the bike. And I I would see all of my friends riding their bikes. And I will never, ever forget, I had like a banana boat bike. And uh, I think it was passed down to me, but I can't remember it. But it was a brown bike and it had this large boat seat uh, (laughs) in the middle. And it was was one of those bikes. I I used to call it my station wagon, Uh, but anyway, my dad took me out and, and he was he was unrelenting in, in teaching me how to ride. I guess he figured, he said, look, this has been long enough, girl. Get on here and learn how to ride this bike. But after he taught me, baby, I'm telling you, I could ride a bike now. I could ride a bike. I, I could do one hand. Sometimes I could do no hands, you know. But uh, I had kind of, I remember the bike. The, the handlebars were kind of turned like a, you know, kind of like a motorcycle little thing. Uh, but anyway, it was it was one of those bikes. I wish I knew what you called them, but it reminded me of like a cruiser, but it had that long seat, the banana boat seat. But anyway, uh, I would ride that. And then I remember I got my first 10-speed bike. You know, my dad got me uh, one year for Christmas, and I, I rode that bike. And and I remember even even when I left home, I left home. I took the bike with me. I don't know how my daddy let me take that bike. <laughs> but anyway, that was my transportation uh, to many places when I was uh, temporarily living with my aunt. I remember I used to ride my bike from her house 
to my grandmother's house. And I did the distance uh, recently, and that was about five miles out. And, and I'm telling you, I did it like it wasn't nothing. I just, that was my only way to get back and forth, right? So um, I was a bike rider. But when we decided uh, we were going to start back riding our bikes, I couldn't even get on this little cruiser and ride it. I couldn't even get on. I'm telling you, I kept on. I got so scared. And, and I think I was going through a little bit of PTSD uh, because a couple of years ago, my husband brought me a bike. He he wanted to go biking, and he brought me this mountain bike. And I think it was a 12-speed bike. And uh, I literally almost killed myself. <laughs> almost, I was going going up a hill and, and started going down a hill. And as you all know, you can get the image in your head. The traction uh, was 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 uh, releasing <laughs> on that on that bike. I had no track, no true traction. Uh, and I was trying to steady the bike and control the bike. And, and and my mind was all over the place. And I was trying to stop by pushing the pedals back like I remembered back in the day bikes used to do. But anyway, it wasn't working. I couldn't stop. So I wound up jumping off the bike. And I had... Um, I, I wound up jumping off the bike and I had an accident and I think that accident did something to me. And so when we decided this year that we were going to get back on the bike, it's just something that I, I couldn't help myself. So I decided um, that I would um, start riding So anyway, I knew that that alarm was going to cut me off, so I had to slow down a little bit. But that is my sign. I got to wrap it up. But anyway, the point that I was making, sharing the story about the bike, is that when I got back on my bike again <laughs> uh, this year, and I was having the challenges, my first thought was, I need some training wheels. Now, come on now. <laughs> How you going to get on the bike with training wheels? Big as you are. And my husband had the audacity to come to me. He said, baby, I was looking at some, some bikes and I saw some trikes. And that's what you call adult uh, tricycles. I said, get thee behind <laughs> <laughs> you better get behind me with that mess. I'm going to learn how to ride this bike. But it was so much up to the point that I was ready to revert back to the early stages of what I knew, of what I knew. You know, my daddy, he he took me out. He said, look, you know, you, you kind of old now. You need to get out there and learn how to ride the bike. And he started me out. He he took the front end, he, he stood on the side of me and he took one strong arm and held the, the uh, handlebars and one strong arm and held the back seat and on the side of me, he would walk me. As I pedaled, he was holding the bike up and he would walk me. I never had the training wheels, but he would walk me and we got so far, he let the bike go. And I would be pedaling and realize that I'm pedaling and I'm going. And, and, you know, the next thing I know, fear set in and I'm ready to stop. 
So my daddy said, come on, we're going to do it again. And and he'll take me and he'll start me off and, and roll me up the street. And while I'm pedaling, he's holding the bike. And I'm pedaling and, and he's just holding me. And I'm like, okay, now don't let me go too soon. And he would let me go and I'd lose my balance and fall. And then he'd do it again. And my dad was determined to steer me in the right direction, to give me the support that I needed to succeed, to let me know. Not one time did he discourage me. He just said, come on, let's get back up here. We're going to do it again until you know how to do it. He gave me everything that I needed to succeed. And not only that, he used his strength to hold me up. He used his strength to keep me going. Come on, somebody. I thank God for the godly example that he gave me of a natural father so that I know the father that we serve who will never leave us nor shall he ever forsake us. And when we say, God, I know you won't put more on me than that which I can bear. It's a lie straight from the pits of hell. You put this on me, but I need your strength because I am weak. Well, let me tell you something. My father kept on and he kept on and eventually, and I'm talking about this was a span of days. I remember it. I remember it. And eventually he let me go and I just began to ride and I pedaled and pedaled and and I, I was able to go from going from our house to two houses up to our house to three houses up to our house to eventually I could get to the alley. Now, we knew better than to go past the alley. <laughs> that was our point. Our daddy said, don't you go past the alley. And I had to get slick with it, right? Because I'm like, hey, I know I'd ride this bike. Ride my back all the way to Plymouth. And then go up the other way and ride it all the way to Orange Lawn. Boy, I thought I was something and doing something. But I share that story to say that just as my father held me up, he made sure I had the victory. He made sure that in my weakness, he became my strength. That even though I couldn't do it on my own, he was there to, to help me through it. Until I got to a point that I could do it on my own, reflecting on the things that he taught me, that he trained me, that he gave me, the strength and the confidence of his words, that, Don, you can do it, you get up there, girl, you see that else can get on up there, you can do it. Many of us have forgotten the God that we serve. You are not defeated. Listen, I'm telling you, if you are in a situation that you feel that you are not yielding the victory, you better go back to the source. You better go back to the source and begin to declare and decree the victory and walk in the victory. Many times we defeat it because we ain't walking in victory. We get milly mouth and 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 uh, pacify these demons that come against us. But I wanted to complete my thought and the point around our mental state and how the enemy will rob us of our memory, rob us of our thoughts because we are allowing ourselves to be inundated with things that God never ordained for our lives. 
Just like my father, he took me so far and I, I I became an adult and I started reverting back and God said, well, come on now, baby, you can't put on no training wheels, but I've taken you as far as you need to go with this in uh, external support. Some of us are still, we're, we're still guiding people through the ride. We're guiding them. They're pedaling. They're able to pedal. We've given them enough of our strength. But God has sent me here today to say you are putting more on yourself than that which you can bear. You got to let them go. They know how to pedal. Yes, they're going to fall sometimes. They may even scrape up their knees. I'm telling you, I had a couple of bike rides. When I was young, I used to think I was a a little tomboy. I know I was a tomboy. I used to always scrape up my knees and my legs. And I used to think my legs and knees would always be cut up and ugly. That's how I looked at them until I became a teenager. (laughs) Thought My legs were my best asset back in the day. Because I used to walk a lot. I had muscles back then <laughs> that I don't have today. <laughs> but when I tell you, I thought my legs would always be scarred up and ugly. Because I would fall all the time. Meaning that even though my father taught me well, he gave me a great start. He gave me the, the stability that I needed. He gave me the external support that I needed, the encouragement that I needed. He taught me and trained me. But guess what? I fell off my bike a couple of times after that. But I got up and tried again. Now y'all see Prophet has got this um, electronic bike that I'm going to pick up later today. I'm going to charge it up today and probably try to get on it tomorrow. I pray I don't fall. (laughs) But if I do, I'm going to get up. I'm going to be all right. But I want to encourage you all this morning. God sent me here to deliver a message to let you know he's not forgotten about you. He sits on high and looks low. He knows everything that happens. He's everywhere all the time. He knows all things from the end to the beginning, the beginning to the end. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Whenever you feel like you are in a place of despair, just remind yourself of that one thing. He'll give you an expected end. He'll give you good and not evil. He wants you to win. You are the apple of his eye. You mean everything to him. He created this world exclusively for you. (laughs) Can you believe it? So the victory is yours. I don't care what you're facing. If it's financial issues, hand it over to God. Ask him for the plan. Ask him for strategy. Tell him to send you the help that you need. If it's health issues, same thing. You're going through troubles on the job or in your your, uh, school, in your families. God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of good and not evil. Good and not evil. Good and not evil. 
to give you an expected end. Paul admonished the people at Corinth. He said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. What does that mean, prophetess? That means that whatever you do in Christ Jesus can never be in vain. Extend the love of God today to all the people that you meet. Ask God to enlarge your territory that you may share your faith with others. Time is winding up. Jesus' return is soon. I just want to encourage somebody today. Know that you are the apple of his eye. That he beautifully and wonderfully made you in his very image. That you are a reflection of his will in the earth. And therefore, no weapon that has been formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, it shall be condemned. Be encouraged today. Now, I want to admonish you, each of you who are under the sound of my voice, to join us for prayer Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights, prophetess will be on the prayer line 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. or as long as the Holy Spirit leads us. Thursday nights, we will be having Bible study. We got to get in that word now. There's power in his word. We got to get in his word. Amen. Saturdays, we will have worship service. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. worship service. We got to commit to God's will. God is shifting. There is a change in the atmosphere. There's a changing of the God's. We saw that over the weekend, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, as the queen uh, has has, um, passed on, transitioned, transitioned, I'm trying to say it the best way, there is a changing of the God. And God is raising up his remnant in the remnant, within the remnant, to do his will in this hour. All right, well, I could... Preach, speak, teach all day and all night if you let me. But I got to get on to prayer. I am praying for you and you and you and you. And I pray that you join us. I love you. Come on and join us at Life Bath Apostolic Agape House of Prayer where Jesus lives and his love abides. Amen, everybody. Have a blessed and encouraged day. Bye-bye.